Um, before I get into my uh, uh, message, uh, Count It All Joy, I just want to uh, uh, give a few thoughts on, on the, the theme of Thanksgiving. Um, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, from a societal perspective, okay, um, has lost a lot of its meaning. Uh, the origin of Thanksgiving actually is, uh, is from a, a basically a society that uh, uh, was an agrarian society. And um, uh, we live in a society, uh, an industrial, a commercial uh, uh, society, and so much of the meaning that was originally uh, uh, involved in, in the uh, practice of thanksgiving is taken away. We take so much for granted. Um, in the old agrarian societies, um, thanksgiving was a recognition that uh, God had provided through the harvest for their sustenance and, and, and their ability to, to live. And, and, and so it, it was something that was much more meaningful to people back then than what it is now. But we have much to give thanks for, uh, even from a, a natural perspective. When you think about you know, how uh, our, our standard of living, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we've got much to give God thanks for. Amen? But beyond that, uh, this morning, as believers, uh, we have much more to give thanks for. Um, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's, it's uh, interesting to look at that verse in Psalm 118, okay, in its context. And actually, uh, it's talk, Psalm 118 is talking about uh, being thankful for our salvation. Be thankful for our salvation. Um, in, 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 in Psalm 118 and verse 21, it says, I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. And then a few uh, verses later in verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Are you thankful for your salvation this morning? Thankful for the, God, the, the fact that God has set us free and given us his salvation, and so on. Uh, I encourage you to read Psalm 118, and it, it, which ends up uh, actually with, the, with uh, these verses, verse 28 and 29. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and well, I, I, I didn't know you were going to do that uh, song this morning. You are my God, I will extol you. <laughs> Okay, uh, English Standard Version. All give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Praise God for that this morning. Uh, as I was looking up at the, uh, you know, on the thought, thought of thanksgiving, uh, I was also led to Psalm 107, which says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And, um, you know, Pastor Rich mentioned, okay, in his remarks, the, important, uh, the importance of making it known, <laughs> making it known. And it says in verse 2 of Psalm 107, uh, 
in response to verse 1, which says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak it out. Then speak it out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. And there's so many uh, verses in the Psalm 107. It says, He led them from darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his great love. Amen? Hallelujah. He sent his word out and healed them, snatching them from the doors of death. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his great love. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. So that is a lead in to what I want to share with, with you this morning uh, regarding um, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Um, and uh, if you could put the next slide up, please. Count it all joy. Count it all joy, my brothers. Let me just get my slides. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Boy, that is a challenge, isn't it? Um, we're not supposed to have trials as Christians. Is, is that true? No. The Bible tells us, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and so on. And so as we consider this text this morning, we, we're faced at the same time with the fact that there are many days that we wake up and feel exactly the opposite of rejoicing. And maybe very often, Okay, with good reason, with good reason. Um, the, the fact is, the sun is not always shining. <laughs> from a practical point of view, not just from a natural you know, sort of weather perspective, but in our lives, uh, there are times the sun is not always shining. <laughs> okay, um, and we can face uh, uh, experiences in life which, which which can often bring to, to our human uh, 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 experience discouragement and despair rather than joy. Nevertheless, the Bible speaks to us as Christian believers and tells us that it is possible to have a joy even when things are not going so well from a human perspective. It's impossible. Um, and is it... And, and it is a joy which probably is quite different from uh, what our human definition of joy uh, would be. Um, actually, uh, someone says that this type of joy which the Bible is talking about is more akin to peace than joy. It's more akin to peace than joy. So with all the reasons around us that may be a point in, in another direction, the question is this morning, how do we find that resting place of joy or that resting place of peace uh, even when we are faced with difficult circumstances? And it's important then that we first recognize that despite what we see around and about us, God is in control of all things. God is always in control. 
And I believe this morning it is possible to move from that place of discouragement and despair to one of joy and rejoicing. Amen? So the question is, how do we move? How do we move from a place of discouragement and despair to one of joy and rejoicing? Um, and so this morning I want, I want to just consider how some in the Bible dealt, dealt with their particular problems and concerns. How they moved from that place of discouragement and despair to that place of joy and rejoicing. So first of all, I want to look at the experience of uh, someone in the Old Testament. Uh, and it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 28. I'm not going to read all those verses, but in verse 10, it talks about Hannah. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. So what, what, what was Hannah's problem? Why was she discouraged? Why was she feeling a, a sense of bitterness in her heart? Now, the story of Hannah is, of course, uh, about uh, the eventual birth of Samuel. She was unable to bear children. And uh, in those days, uh, uh, she was one uh, of two wives of her husband. Um, and she was being ridiculed by the other woman because, she ha uh, because uh, Hannah didn't have children, but this other woman was bearing children for her husband. And, and, and uh, you know, no one could help her. Even her husband could not solve her problem. In, in, the, in the circumstances which we find her in, in uh, this chapter at the temple, and she'd gone up to the temple as the normal time of year that they would go up to the temple to worship. And um, uh, even, even the high priest who observed her in her pr uh, 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 prayer uh, in a form of uh, uh, you know, real emotional upset, he didn't understand. But in that place, what did Anna do? She prayed. She brought her problem honestly before God. You know, each of us may face times of barrenness in our lives. Not, not necessarily, you know, the, the physical bar, barrenness of a woman not being able to bear a child. But many of us can face times when we feel there's a barrenness in our lives. There's an emptiness in our lives. There's nothing coming to birth. There's no fruitfulness in our lives, in our work in our service, in our relationships. And, and so often it's, it, it's so difficult to pray in faith when we feel so maybe in, ineffective. But Anna discovered that prayer opens the way for God to work. Prayer opens the way for God to work. She resolved to leave the problem with God. And you know, when we, when we resolve to do that, actually that is the antidote for discouragement. You see, we need to tell God how we really feel, and we need to tell, leave the problem with him, okay? You know, it's so often when we, we're in, in situations like this that we, we, we wallow in our pain, <laughs> as it were, and discouragement. 
Maybe believing God is not interested or that we will not be chastised or that we will be chastised for not having enough faith to overcome that situation. But we have to rise above that, uh, uh, that sense of uh, despair and despondency. We need to rise above it, and we need to reach out to God. You know, they tell you in the natural that a lot of people g get into uh, suicidal thoughts and things like that because they have an inability to reach out to others. And so even in the spiritual, we have to learn to reach out to God. And it's by reaching out to God that we overcome the despair and the despondency that we may find ourselves in. You know, God, God will not chastise us if we come to him. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is in James chapter 1, and verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Now, I, I think you can... In, in place of wisdom in that verse, you can put any other th uh, thing that you need, any other uh, problem that you, you, you're experiencing. If you, and, but if, if, if you want an answer to that problem, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, God is able to <clears throat> intervene in our lives. When we feel helpless and hopeless, God is able to intervene in our lives. And so all we have to do is to overcome whatever negative things and thoughts or emotions that we're feeling and reach out to him and believe that he is there for us and he is able to meet our every need. Amen? So the first thing that we have to do is to tell God how we really feel and leave the problem with him. Amen? And now she didn't know when the answer was going to come, but it took at least nine months for the answer to come <laughs> for Hannah, but the answer came. Amen? And, um, you know, Hebrews talks about faith being something that even there are those who died in faith, believing that God would fulfill their prayer. And uh, God answered, even after some people died, God answered their prayers. And there are many, many, many uh, mothers who have gone to their grave praying for their children to come to the Lord. And they've gone to the grave and their children have come to the Lord afterwards. So we have to leave it with God and believe that he knows the, be what, the best timing of answering our prayers. Amen? Hallelujah. So secondly, you can put the next slide up, please. God is able to do wonders even in discouraging situations. Nehemiah, he says, Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, <coughs> your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Wow. I love Nehemiah. How many, how many of you love the book of Nehemiah? The book of Nehemiah is a wonderful book of encouragement. And uh, basically, Nehemiah, they were back in Jerusalem. They were uh, uh, seeking to rebuild the city, and rebuild the temple, etc. And um, they had a lot of people trying to discourage them, try, 
coming to, to you know, tell them you know, they weren't going to be able to do what they uh, had planned to do. They weren't going to accomplish it. In fact, at one point in time, they were building the walls and um, uh, rebuilding the walls of the city. And at one time, they stood back and they looked at it and they said, no matter, they just saw the immensity of the job that was before them and they became discouraged. Well, Nehemiah says, don't be discouraged. <laughs> and um, you see, uh, accomplishing any large tax is tiring. There are always pressures that, that can bring discouragement, okay? And the task can seem impossible in our lives. It can never be finished or too many things are working against us. And there's only one cure for that. There's only one cure for that sense of fatigue, that sense of discouragement, and that is to focus on God's purposes. We need to focus on God's purposes. Nehemiah reminded the workers of their calling and their goal and God's protection. You see, when you are involved in partnering with God for the outworking of his will and purposes, we can be sure that God will be there to help us, to strengthen us, and not only help us and strengthen us, but to protect us. Because there were enemies that were trying to discourage, trying to... Uh, uh, to stop what Nehemiah was doing. And so this morning, if we are overwhelmed by an assignment, and you, you, even God's assignments, even when God has called us to do things, we can sometimes become overwhelmed by that calling, about that thing that God has put on our hearts to do, and we can become tired and discouraged. We need to remember God's purpose for our life. And maybe God's purpose for this very project that he's putting in, in our res responsibility. So how do we do that? We, you see, we need to allow God to refresh the joy and excitement of the realization that what we are participated in <coughs> is the outworking of his will and purposes. You see, we... we we're often very, get, can get very excited when God, we suddenly raise, God wants us to do something. God is giving me, God wants me to be involved in something. And initially we can get, we're excited about that. And, and, and the, the, there's a joy of, yes, I want to be involved in what God, God is doing. And what God is asking me to, that, 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 that excites me. And so sometimes then that, excitement can wane, that excitement can you know, uh, become overwhelmed by problems and difficulties and uh, opposition. But we need to ask God, when we get into that situation, to refresh the joy and excitement of that assignment that God has given to us. But not only for us personally, but also in the overall all outworking of God's purposes. You see, it's important to remember that we are being part of something that's even bigger than our own purpose. That ought to excite us. It's not just about me. It's about everything that God is seeking to do and to accomplish. I'm just part of that. And, and that ought to give us an excitement. And, and so when we get discouraged, ask God to refresh that excitement. And, and uh, that will help us to overcome and, and give us that joy and that peace in the, in the midst of circumstances. 
And thirdly, circumstances are never so bad that they are beyond God's help. Hope grows as we depend on God in difficult times. I think the story of Joseph is one of the most encouraging stories that we can find in the Bible. But this is actually about Jacob. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your children too. <laughs> um, Joseph had been betrayed by his brothers. He'd been sold into slavery. And um, if you go back into uh, Genesis chapter 37 and verse 30, it, it says uh, Jacob thought that actually that Joseph had died. And, uh, and it tells us in, in that chapter that he wept in despair, that that child which he believed was a special gift of God, <laughs> okay, uh, was now dead. And he, he was probably trying to understand how uh, this thing that God had put in his heart regarding uh, Joseph being a special child, why at that now disappeared? Why, why had he died? But eventually, many, many, many years later, Joseph had been slown into, uh, sold into slavery. And uh, it's a wonderful story of how uh, he had, through many trials and tribulations, he'd now become number two in the household of Pharaoh. And then there was famine in, in, in Israel and how uh, the family, the sons had come back, gone into Egypt to look for, for food, and so on and so on. And uh, you know the story of how <clears throat> Joseph sort of tricked his brothers into um, going back and bringing his father to, uh, to Egypt. And this is, what, this is where the scene is outplayed. Israel says to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your children too. Wow. Hallelujah. See, circumstances are never so bad that they are beyond God's help. When we think of things have, have died, <laughs> when we think that things have actually <coughs> uh, come to an end and, and will never be revived, um, God is always at work. God is always at work. And um, uh, we need never despair because we belong to a God who loves us. We, never, we may never know what good he will bring out of a seemingly hopeless situation. And in the first century, first century Christians, uh, for first century Christians, suffering was the rule rather than the exception. Uh, Paul tells us that in future we will become what we, what we will become, but until that, we must overcome. This means we will experience difficulties that help us grow. Wow. You see, I was always taught in the business world, you know, sort of um, uh, challenges are always opportunities. 
challenges are always opportunities. And so when we face with trials and, tr and difficulties, as we read in the, our opening uh, verse, okay, it, these produce in us something that is of everlasting value in our lives. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that they may be perfect and complete, lacking uh, in nothing. God is at work in our lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so, the pro you know, we rejoice in suffering not because we like pain <clears throat> or, 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 or even that we deny it, but because we know God is using using these life difficulties and maybe even the attacks of Satan to build up our spiritual and, and, and character. The problem is very often that we run into, <clears throat> the problems that we run into uh, can uh, develop our perseverance. And it's going to strengthen us, deepen our trust in God, and give us great confidence about the future. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, although we may probably find our patience tested in some ways every day, thank God, thank God that these are opportunities to grow and to deal with them in his strength, in God's strength. Amen? We may not be able to do it in our own strength, but as we call upon him, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that that's far more than just the simple act of salvation. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? We can be overcome, not with our, in our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. Fourthly, hope comes from trusting Christ. <clears throat> it says in this verse, but Jesus ignored their comments and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just trust me. Wow. You know the story of uh, this healing of the daughter of Jairus, okay? And there was a lot of discouragement. They told him that it was pointless coming to Jesus. It was pointless bothering Jesus. She was dead. I mean, what did Jesus say? He says, don't be afraid. Just trust me. Just trust me. Mm -hmm. Praise God for that this morning. See, the next time we feel hopeless and afraid, we need to look at things not from our own perspective, not from our own ability. We need to look at our problems from the, uh, Jesus' point of view. Amen? He is the source this morning of all our hope. He is the source of all our promise. Our day-to-day -day experiences and hardships are sometimes overwhelming. Unless we can see that God's purpose is to bring about con continued growth in us, we may despair. And this brings us back to a well-known scripture in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and verse 12. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. <clears throat> plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank God for this, that this morning, that we truly can, in the midst of our difficulties and problems, we can have that peace, we can have that joy, uh, which the Word of God is a joy that passes 
all understanding. It's beyond human understanding. It's something that's far deeper than, than the, the, the surface of our humanity. It goes down into the bottom of our souls, into our spirits. Amen? And from there, we are able to overcome whatever we face in the natural and in the, in the physical. Praise God. So this morning, though, I want to close my message this morning with a word to anyone this morning who may be watching and listening and may not at this time have a relationship with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you may be asking the question, <clears throat> how can I begin to live and trust God in the way that I've just been talking about? I want to suggest you this morning that it starts by establishing a spiritual base for your life. It starts by establishing a spiritual base for your life. If you could put that last slide up, okay. And there are four things I would uh, suggest you this morning that are important to start establishing that spiritual base for your life. It's important this morning that you believe God made you to love you and to live for his purposes. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says that everything got started in God and finds its purpose in him. Long before God laid down his foundations, he had us in mind. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, long before God laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. Secondly, it's important that you admit you're a sinner. In other words, that you've lived for yourselves, then ex and then to accept God's free forgiveness, which was paid for you by Jesus. The Word of God tells us in Isaiah chapter 53, we're all like sheep, we've all wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. But God has piled on all our sins upon the Lord Jesus Christ, everything we did wrong. Thirdly, we need to commit to living for God's purpose in our lives. And so this morning, I would encourage you from Romans chapter 6 and verse 13, give yourself to God, surrender your whole being to him to be used for his purposes. And fourthly, <clears throat> express your desire for Jesus to be the Lord master of your life. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says this, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Someone watching and listening has prayed those prayers, this morning, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to be able to help you to further your uh, Christian walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. May the Lord bless you. Amen.